Welcome to another Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker episode. My name is Amin L. Hassan. I'm joined by Big Jerv at Black Trade today. We got a real, I'm going to say a light, but also a thick lineup today because we only got two topics, but we go deep in these two motherfuckers right here. We're going to talk about Patrice O'Neill documentary that came out on Comedy Central. It's called Killing is Easy. Uh, it really meant a lot to a lot of my comedian friends, and I watched it, and, and I, I would say I urge you all guys to watch it as well. But first, we get to episodes three and four of Hip Hop Uncovered. We started watching this on Hulu last week. We watched the first two episodes. Now the next two episodes are out, and guys, it gets more and more interesting as it goes along. Let's bring in the boys. Let's talk about this. Yo, Rob. Yo, I mean. What's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget to name a couple things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the Stereo app. That's right. Go to Stereo.com slash Darth Amin and make sure you are linked and subscribed to us. And we're going to talk about all of the different things that I always forget about. This is a great app. Every time you guys are listening to this pod, you say, oh, I wish I could chime in. But you're listening to a pod. You can never chime in. It's pre-recorded. Guess what? With stereo, you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and our, yours truly all at the Count the Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We'll do this regularly multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo, download the app, subscribe, follow Darth the Mean, follow Talk Hoops, follow Trayvon, follow Big Waz, all of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the stereo app, you will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit as we are frequently. And of course, catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love. Again, that is the Stereo app. You can follow me, Stereo.com slash Mean. You can look up everybody else by their handles. Their handles are all the same as what we have on social media. You join us multiple times a week. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live. First of all, let me just say something. I, I didn't realize that motherfucking uh, Pop uh, just went at him like that. And bro, we were just listening to the album. How you not know about Against All Odds? I, um, I, you don't be listening to this shit. No, no, no. You know what? You know what it is, bro. Like it's, it's like you ever. It's, it's like one of the things where it's like, you know, like you go to, you might be about to go shop for a car, right? And you like, damn, I like that car. And now all of a sudden you realize that that car is everywhere on everywhere. the road. Yeah, everywhere. I know what you're talking yeah. about, Jerv. So that, Jerv, that's kind of like, talking about. Jerv, I know what you're talking about, but at the same time, Trey is right, man. Like that. That was one of the most. I remember in '96 hearing that line and being like, "I didn't know who Haitian Jack was." But that's I was like, how Whoa. I knew Haitian Jack was because yeah. of that album. I wouldn't have that never knew that nigga. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's he's still like, wild you know to me mean? that he's a that this nigga is out here rocking this ascot again. I don't mean any disrespect, <laughs> but this man is rocking this this fucking like, ascot, like, and he's the fucking boogeyman. Boogeyman wears an ascot, man. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, but no, but seriously though, like I, t I texted the chat this while I was watching it earlier today. And by the way, happy Margarita Day, you motherfuckers. Um, is it? It's happy National Margarita Day. Uh, God damn always, right it is. It's always some fucking day. Tomorrow is like uh, happy 
tie your shoe with your left hand day. Shout out to yeah, everybody. You know what though, Jer? That sounds a hell of a lot more fucking lame than Happy Margarita Day. So we, we're going to support <laughs> and celebrate the cool ones, and we're going to say fuck you to the lame ones. Uh, but having said that, obviously, parts three and four of Hip Hop Uncovered are out on Hulu. They came out on Friday. We talked about episodes one and two with Waz and with Justin Tinsley last week. Justin Tinsley sat here and snitched and ratted out and and all, uh, all wholesale um just spoilered everything in it but somehow i managed to erase my memory and watch them again and two great episodes again i like how we really got you know the first couple episodes seemed to like bounce around a lot and these two sat with just like we're going to talk about this for a while we're going to talk about that for a while and you know what i learned guys honestly it's kind of weird and i feel dumb I always knew there was a gang element and the crime element behind hip hop, behind a lot of these record labels and artists. I never knew, it's gonna sound stupid, I never knew the extent to which all the violence that happened in the 90s was yeah. directly tied to that shit. Not on some, hey, niggas got into a beef. And of course, when you're dealing with drug niggas, niggas are going to shoot. No, on some like, this whole shit was all behind the scenes shit. Everything, they get, all they of get it. L, right? All of it. I had no, yeah, like I, I had no idea. And I guess it's probably just like, I, I'm with you on that. My ignorance to just uh, who all these people were. Cause I didn't know, and you know, all due respect to every single person in this uh uh, uh, the series, but I had no idea the level that some of these individuals really had in the game. And then it when they when they put that that flash, it was it was a uh, Big L. What's you know they went Biggie Pac, Big mm-hmm. L. Uh, who was who was the other person? Um, God damn, whoever. Like you know, what I'm Yo, saying like I, I, I yeah, I was just saying that's just like oh shit, this makes. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Like. Not that is when they did the whole thing about old boy getting shot at JD birthday party, and then the retaliation happening here, and then Pac killing being a retaliation of that, and then Big killing being a retaliation of that, and I was like, our dumbasses sat there in the nineties thinking it's because of records, because what niggas sit on wax. It had in actuality, it had nothing to do with that. Them niggas could have been singing about love, peace, and happiness, and they still would have got their ass shot. But to be fair, I told y'all this like a year or two ago about you that. You did, but around the but but Trey, I'm gonna be honest. I with just you. left. I just left out the first death because if you think about it, if you go yeah. down the line, my uncle got shot in '95. Following that, all in the mix, and as Dre mentioned, 23 people died. Seven of my family yeah, members I, were murdered in that. Situation. I was about to say, Trey, like Damn. that's some shit you might want to share. Like I was like, what? I mean, you know. I mean, it, like I said, I'm numb to it in this situation, and it was just a reflection of the situation. But like, yeah, my uncle was a bodyguard for Death Row. Obviously, with Jay dying and ATL started it all up, right? And then Puffy and 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 Suge getting into a scream fest, um, and him actually hiring some Southside Compton Crips. Now, right. now, Trey, I got I got a bunch of questions, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. First and foremost, you mentioned the screaming match. A couple of people talked about it that Puff and mm-hmm. Suge had a tension between them and it kind of came to a peak at that party. And then they mentioned Wolf and then they mentioned this dude got shot. I don't want you to get in trouble, but like connect the dots for me. Was them shits related? Uh, I mean, or them niggas like just yes. saying that shit happened and yes. they just assume? Nah. So what happened was you got Suge muscle and you got Puff muscle. Right. Puff muscle felt like, you know, yeah. the disrespect yeah. was too loud and it was a retaliation in the situation. I'll put it as nice as that is. And then, okay. you know, coming back home and the kite being sent back home, obviously, which they showed my man from Campanella Park say, okay, you need to go get such and such because he's been killed out here in Atlanta. And then from there, you go into the association of already heated battles. This is non-internet. So it's word of mouth mm-hmm. and street yeah. shit. And then you come back and it says, okay, well, it's a dude wearing a death row chain who was a part of the camp. It used to be heavy affiliated. So it wasn't just 
rappers and shit like that. It was the mob Pyru that was always right, right. around Shook and Death Row. So one of the dudes was at a mall and he got jumped by some Southside Crips and they took mm-hmm. his chain. And when they took the Death Row chain, it was like, aha, we got your chain. And it happened to be a hired member from Bad Boy who was part of the Southside Compton Crips. But he was doing this shit as a Southside Compton Crip, not as mm-hmm. an emissary for Bad Boy, right? Nah, like he, I mean, the whole thing was, was just like, I just, nah, it was just more so they Southside embody Bad Boy. Like, okay, well, if, if the mob is that, these are two Compton hoods that are getting money, major money in the city. And the main guy that they mentioned, rest in peace, Orlando Anderson, right, mm-hmm. is the guy who, which they finally came out and said that shot Tupac because it's some yeah. street shit. Now, I've told, you know, plenty of times on the pod that right. the whole city of Compton knew y'all already who killed knew. Tupac. Yeah. It wasn't we even knew, a but it's just, yeah. But it's just not that situation for you to be talking street stuff loosely. That's, you know what I'm saying? Because not, it gets but, bigger. But Trey, honestly, that was the part that, well, like, for me was, I didn't know that initial, because we had never, you you have absolutely mentioned that about Orlando Anderson in the past. We've talked about it with Tinsley. We've talked about it a bunch of times on this day. I, well, I left out that, other names. Because, but like, but yeah. there was an initial thing that set the whole thing off. And that's what they yeah, talked Atlanta. about in this doc. That I didn't know mm-hmm. about that. The other thing was, and we might have talked about this. So forgive me if I'm having some amnesia here. But what kind of weird ass tension is it? where Snoop and Corrupt are wearing blue and Death Row is run by a red dude. Like, that's got to be weird. No, because I didn't know. I didn't know. Jerv, did you know this? I didn't know Corrupt was that into it. I thought he was, yeah, like I grew up around these guys. I didn't know. They would say like Corrupt was the first one who's straight up rolling 60s. Straight up. I had no idea. No idea. So when you guys get a chance and you, and we and we end the recording, I want you to go back and look at Streets as the Mother uh, album cover, right? He is wearing khakis, blue chucks, um, a Dodger jacket, and um, a Dodger hat, right? And throughout that album, he is openly on wax saying he's from 60s Crip. Now, everybody yeah. knows that he's originally from Philadelphia and he ended up getting out here because he was cutting up and got sent out to California, which was supposed like, to like, help because like Fresh most Prince. people from yeah, yeah, most people from the East Coast or Midwest send their kids to California because they think it's a good life because it's good weather. Well, you know what I mean? Y'all got front but, lawns and fucking houses and all germs. that stuff. Well, they out here like working out in their front yard. Like, tell me, <laughs> tell me it's not a good life. <laughs> But he happens to fall into big, big U's backyard. You know what I mean? It's right. like, hey, this kid has potential. You know what? Don't do anything. But corrupt, obviously, the same thing Tupac was when Tupac got around the mob. You think about it. He was in the Oakland and then he kind of ventured down. And by the time he got out in those nine months, bruh, like the same way how, he, how Haitian Jack said he embodied, he was mm-hmm. a character the entire time. So if he's like, oh, I mean, I want to be a great podcaster, he would learn you and then go on about that way. So when my uncle was bringing them to Compton and he was hanging out with the Watts niggas and all that, he just embodied it. And should be like, yo, I don't want you going to Compton. And he would just go on his own and be blood this, blood that. And should like, hey, the stop. Bridge. Pump the brakes because you, for one, you don't know, but like he wanted to prove that, you know what I mean? Like, but you also got to think about that. This dude is 23, 24 years old at the time and looking for, looking for identity issues, right? In the situation, right? Trust issues has been shot before is hanging. He's fascinated with the lifestyle. That's anybody that comes to like the city and they're like, oh man, take me here. You know what I'm saying? I want to be around this. So in his situation, he's buying all in. So he thinking like, okay, if they got my back, I got the homies back. And in that particular situation, they spotted Orlando in Vegas at the Tyson fight. And Pac said, let me at him. Instead of protecting the money and saying, go to your room or go this way, Tupac bombs on fucking Orlando to start it all off. Right. He takes off first. And that's where bomb first comes from. Right. Oh shit. He bombed first. And then after that, 
They just had to. They just had Dude. to fucking follow Jeremy's suit. Follow after things, that. By the way, right this shit's fucking yeah. crazy. Y'all are listening. Y'all can't yeah. see it. If you're on YouTube, you can see Jerv's face. But if you're not on YouTube, you listen to this on podcast format. Wait, bomb first was about that. I just saw so listen, Jerv's face. Learn so listen. Right so when he did that, when he punched him and leaned into the you punch, everybody pulled <laughs> Tupac back. Like, okay, get him out of here. But then they start stumping Orlando out. Now, code to the streets, anybody get they get embarrassed like that, the retaliation is going to be as strong as possible. And he took matters in his own hands. And, you know, we knew the final results in 96. So hold on. Wait, wait. Run this back for me, though, because there's no way in hell I'm I'm I, you know, I'm not Brian, but I do consider myself somebody like I, I feel like I'm in the mix. Right. I lived it to a degree as much as I could as a dude from Philly. You try to tell me, but I say you, but I say you lived it also from a non-internet era, and, and I was super not, young. But I'm just saying, and it not getting to like the East Coast like that, like it's still people like we, we talked on the pod. You was like, oh damn, you actually know the dude who killed Tupac? Yeah, yeah, because my cousin killed the dude, and they had a shootout, and they died. Both of them died together. You know what I'm so, saying? They had a shootout at the car wash. But hold on, bomb first was was it? The, so you're telling me bomb first is just the term or the song bomb first? It's the, it's the term, but like, okay, but that, that wasn't, but that wasn't a diss track. Nah, it wasn't, toward, nah, okay, it wasn't a diss track. Nah, nah. He was gone already. Cause it, this, this happened prior to, yeah, yeah, but know, I didn't album. Oh yeah. You're right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah Cause that was the same thing with Haitian Jack saying like, look, if he would have survived, he would have had to holler at me before this because going on wax and saying I'm a rat. Or you know what I mean? I'm a that's, reputable yeah. street dude. Yo, that's, now, that's crazy. You can't say that. that shit. You can't just throw shit like that out there. Nah. That is dangerous. But yo, let's talk about Haitian Jack for a second. Because when that nigga said people want to defend Tupac, you didn't know Tupac. Because Tupac ain't even know who Tupac was. He said Pac had the right name, Tupac, because it was two of them niggas. <laughs> I was like, yo, like this is the shit. Like, honestly. Niggas like me and Waz been saying shit like this for years, but it's a little different when it's a nigga that was like there on the scene, lived that shit, knew that nigga. For him to basically tear him apart, and I know Tinsley came on last week and let us know that Birdie character on Above the Rim was loosely based on Haitian Jack. But for instance, the idea that the whole reason that Pop got to know Madonna was because Haitian Jack was hitting that first? Oh, my God. And, and, she, and she didn't fuck with Pac like that because Pac wasn't real. Because she found out that Pac was a was a, a studio gangster, basically. She, saw, she she met the other guy. She met the, she met the original, and she saw you as a Xerox. That's basically what he was saying. And I get it. Niggas will embellish things to make themselves look good, especially if the nigga who could refute it is dead. But still, God damn it, This hurts man. my heart, man. It hurts my heart. But I kind of knew. Never heard, but I've never heard anyone talk that, like, direct on wax about the nigga. Yeah, on wax. You know what I mean? And and he has he has the reputable, obviously... Because when you see the movie, right? You've seen Tupac, the movie, right? Or no, you've never seen what, the, it? Nah. The, the terrible one, Resurrection or whatever it's called? Yeah, the bad one. Yeah, I refuse yeah, to watch that. Not the Resurrection, but it's the actual movie. But they have Haitian Jack in there as a character, and they portray him a certain way. So yeah. it, it hints off a little bit, but it doesn't give him, it doesn't give his tone of voice to right. kind of dispute. Because you could tell, like, obviously, in the movie, they always made it serious about Pac and flashy things and how easy marveled he got. Like, he gets so distracted. Niggas be like, yeah. oh, we're going to give you a house and a Rolex. And the Rolex was the biggest thing. So when Haitian Jack right. gave him his first Rolex, it was like, nigga, what is this? And then for the whole shit of like, oh, you put me on some fly shit. You a fly nigga, Versace, da 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 And he's showing him this way. But then when oh. all the shit happened. Do you realize yeah. that shit? I did not realize. I thought that was because Big was doing that shit first. But remember, Pac, Pac said the Big got that from him. Mm-hmm. But, oh, that, but that, that, but no, bro. Think about it. And but that's before what that, Haitian Jack, big, but big called Pac when they met. Up said, don't fuck with that nigga. Picture. Don't fuck with him. And he said, he said and he said that nigga right there, don't fuck with him. He ain't listen. I mean, you in too deep after that point. Nah, I mean, 
You, so, I mean, you I feel like you into you into. I feel like went, Pac got the warnings at, at a very. I feel like everybody kind of as soon as they saw Pac with him, kind of was like, "Yo, you got chill, bro." Like everybody, I'm gonna tell you the real shit. That's like me moving. They, that's like me moving to this city, and I mean, like, yo, I know you in the city. I know you in Bed Stuy, bro. But it's that nigga right there. Don't fuck with him. I'm like, no, no, no. He cool though. He lit. Like, trust me. Like, I fuck with him. And I'm, it means like, I'm gonna nah, tell you this. Trust me, Trey. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this. The shit that really hit home to me, what kind of nigga Haitian Jack was, and obviously you heard the stories over the years, but that's when I really, really oh shit, yeah. This, when the nigga was talking about Jimmy Cozier coming up to him, said, let me hear this track. And oh, I wrote this. And they said, who did I sing? He's like, me, like what? And he goes straight to Clef and Clef, hear this. And Clef says, yeah, who's this singing? He's like, that's Jimmy. No, nah, that ain't Jimmy. And they go to Clyde Davis and Clyde Davis signs that nigga on the spot. And he said, I felt so much pride. I'm legitimate, da, da, da. And he said, but then I thought about, man, I used to get a million dollars off a lick. <laughs> I'm like, what? This nigga's in there reminiscing about like, mm, but I still miss it. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> also, to, to be a stick-up kid that gets seven figures at a time? So look, let me- it, That it, might it, be, like, that's gotta be embellishment. I don't, you hit the stash house for a mill and you still alive? I, I don't. I just don't see how that happens. So let me ask you this, because again, I'm 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 the Philly dude, right? So like, I mean, if you want to, if if they if somehow some way they do something on BMF and you know and uh, all that shit, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Junior Black Mafia and all that, like, all right, you know, I I you know I'm I'm from here, I I you know I've I've heard the, the rumblings and all that shit with Haitian Jack was is was he just a stick up person or was he did he have like a hood or or shit allegedly like Preem did? He was no, he was I feel like, like he was all t- hands on deck. So it was he's okay. All, he he Omar. just always put that work in. Oh, he's Omar. He's, okay. an o- That's- he's an Omar type. Yeah. Got you. I, like I knew he was a stick up. I didn't know, like, honestly, this is gonna sound dumb again. I didn't know you could be a stick up kid on that level. I thought like it only rises to like some street shit. Like I didn't Yeah, know like eventually get- that nigga was knocking <laughs> off like what? Like you know how many how many people you got to take out in order to to walk away with that kind of uh that kind of bounty off a stick up? Nah, man. Yeah. And your name has to that. be buzzing in the streets just like in you know just like Omar by season. Yeah. But think but think, but think about the work, think about the work he was putting in though overall. Think about He's all the work smoke. Like for you to be feared, for you to be loved. Yeah. For you to be enamored, like nigga Dallas Austin leaving the recording studio, bro, to greet him, bro. With Madonna. Pulling up in his- With Madonna. With Madonna, they leave. And Madonna like, who is this nigga? And they like, Ooh, and they getting bro. off the bar like, look, Madonna, you live in New York and you don't know Jack? Oh, you don't know nobody. That's a bar. Yo, that is by a the bar. way, that wasn't a one line that Trey just said there. It was like a conversation. She's like, yo, you from New York, right? You know Jack. And she was like, no. And these niggas shit on Madonna. But not knowing this fucking hood ass dude who sticks I, up. I like I like how I like how Spliff Star was the 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 voice of reason. Oh like, Spliff yeah, Star. <laughs> Spliff Star came in and and, re- and rebutted the shit out of Tupac's account. He's like, no, I know that nigga. I can say what the that nigga's not no snitch ass nigga. Yo, is is it me? And no disrespect to Spliff, but is it me? Or was Spliff the only one that looked like it was still the nineties? He did. He did. He had like the seven. He had the seven X leather jacket on with the hoodie on. He had the ill backdrop, like 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 out of New Jack City or some shit. Yeah, man. No, he was son living in time zone like Iverson. Yo, shout out to him though, man. I I want to be one of them niggas that like maintains a bubble around me. Y'all heard the new. I love fucking, it. Shouts to uh, Bimmy too, on. though, man. Bimmy. Oh, Bimmy. Bimmy. Oh, his shit. His Bimmy got bailed crazy. out by fucking Bobby Brown and, and Whitney Yo, Houston. That's killer. That is killer. That is absolutely killer. What Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston put this nigga Bimmy, man. Like he is everyone's best friend. He's everybody's best friend, and it's pretty fucking amazing. I like how B- I like how Bimmy came up with the goat. <laughs> I know, like, yo, that's crazy. How about that? Like, we've been what, right? like, all this time. 
you know, people use the term GOAT all the time. Tom Brady's a GOAT. LeBron's a GOAT. And people, to the point where people say multiple GOATs. Oh, they're all GOATs. Like, no, greatest of all time means it's one. Means one. Exactly. Like, they're all GOATs. Whatever. But it's like this term started from this nigga right here, which is crazy, On a fucking man. plane. But, like, the, the thing about Bimmy that was I found very interesting and, and relatable even was that you know, all all three of us have operated in an industry that not necessarily like is welcoming to us, right? And I'm not saying any of us have been Bimmy, but also it is an adjustment. I know when he was talking about how uh, Kevin Lyles and old girl Tina did him, and he said, "I'm from a place where if I don't like you, I tell you I don't like you," and we mm-hmm. we figure it that way. And these motherfuckers were like, just smile on your face, and then they backstab you, like the song goes. And I was like, yo, most of this shit I'm watching, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm learning. I'm, I feel like Jervet 10 minutes ago. My face is just, oh my God, is that how that happened? Whatever. But that was the first time I was like, that's the shit that happened to me, man. Real fucking talk. Where I walked around ESPN telling people, and and when before that, when I was with the Suns, telling people this shit ain't right. That motherfucker don't know what he's doing. I don't I don't agree with this shit, and that shit hurt me, man. It hurt me for for being honest and speaking up against shit that was wrong and incorrect, or speaking out on people that I didn't see eye to eye with. I didn't play the game, and I was like, part of me was like, yo, I really like feel for this nigga right now because it's like hey, that shit sucks, man. You're taught your whole life to be honest, to be upfront, to not like be shady. To be a stand-up guy. To be a stand-up guy, right? And in the end, that's the shit that does you in. Because the way this shit is played is motherfuckers smiling in your face, man. I I, I felt for Bimmy on that shit, man. Yeah, I mean, shit, man. B- Bimmy, I like how Kevin Lyles told my man he's going to be working from home and he already knew what time it was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man. Yo, but overall, man, like those dudes, all, of, all everybody featured on this on this doc, man, has been lived like, Bro, they lived some lives. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Trey, Trey, real talk, that was the shit for me with the Suns because my whole career with the Suns, I have been an in-office nigga. I go on scouting trips. I go on the road with the team. But for the most part, I'm in office. Decisions are being made. I'm there. And then my last year, them niggas was like, we want you to be like the exclusive East Coast scout. Niggas sent me to the farthest part of the country. I'm going watching UConn and Syracuse and all that shit. And that's cool. It was fun. I don't like I don't mind it. But I also knew at that point in October or whatever, these niggas are sending me out of the office so they could fuck around. And so they could make it easier to part ways when the time come. I knew in October that this was my last season in Phoenix. So like that shit, like I knew exactly what you're talking about. When someone tell you, yo, you work away from the office. Everybody else gonna be in the office though. Nah, man. Yeah, except you. Except you, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, you just made me have a flashback, bro. <laughs> You made me have a flashback. That shit happened to you too, bro. You made me have a flashback to when I was going on, uh, when I was going on all the NBA stuff, and then all of a sudden it was, nah, you're not doing NBA. You just about to, uh, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna work on this sport now. And oh, by the way, you're gonna, uh, you're over on North Campus. I'm like, there you North, go, North Campus, North, North Campus. <laughs> oh man, all right, okay. I see what time this is. North Campus. There you go. That's all you need to know right there. North Campus for those that don't know. ESPN in Bristol actually has two campuses. One is the main campus. That's the one you see where Sports Center's shot, where you know his and hers was shot, where you know if they have them, this is Sports Center commercials with niggas at the cafe or whatever. All that shit's happening at main campus. The main campus is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Then, like probably, Jerry, what is it? A mile up the road. Maybe two miles up the road. It ain't far. It's, and that's about a mile, a mile, because it's, it, it's, it's literally like a 30, 40 second ride. Like if you take all the back, exactly. back roads. It's not, it's not, it's not a walking distance. Oh no, you gotta you gotta hop in your car, bro. Or you take hop the in shuttle. Car, in the car or in the shuttle, but it's a quick ride once you're in a vehicle. It's North Campus. North Campus has its own cafeteria. Yeah. And it's got like literally this fucking 
cubicle farm. There ain't no walls or nothing. You just walk in there and it's just like, as far as I could see, cubicles. And that's where a lot of like the behind the scenes legal, I think is in there and some other like real back of office type uh, stuff there. And apparently John Gervais, good Lord. I didn't know they did any <laughs> anything creative out there, man. Yeah, they had one, they, there's they, one sport on that side. There's one. Yo, they, and I just they treated you like John Snow, my nigga. Bruh. They sent that nigga <laughs> to the wall. Exactly. <laughs> exactly they sent you to well the wall. Said. That's crazy. Bruh. <laughs> I just sent my man <laughs> to the wall, bro. That shit, yo, that was crazy. Yo, it never was. <laughs> never was heard from again, brother. Yo, do let me but uh let me ask you this. Do we the 10 say we get more of a trick trick because I feel like trick tricks like super duper like Jerf. I've heard a trick trick, but like he don't really, he seems super cool to me. (laughs) Number one. He is the number one nigga in this documentary. Every time he come on the screen, like I'm excited to hear what this nigga gonna say because he's fucking hilarious, man. This nigga's hilarious and got stories and I feel like there's not For enough. Days. I, you know what's funny? I never would have thought going into a documentary. They told me, yo, here's the thing. It's Big U. And he's going to tell you about all how all that shit started on the West Coast. It's Bimmy and Deb. It's uh, Haitian Jack. And then it's Trick Trick. If you asked me to rank before I watched the second, Trick Trick would have been number five for me. Yep. Watching three, four episodes, that nigga's number one by far. Just because this nigga's hilarious, man. Like, everything this nigga says makes me fucking laugh, man. So did I ever tell y'all when I met Trick Trick in Detroit? Y'all bet. No! Tell us oh, no. Trick Trick. <laughs> I need this. I need this. So, oh, man. Rob, I'm going to need you to bleep a couple of times. Um, Are we bossing so, over or just bleeping? Yeah, just like, just bossing over. Let's bossing over. Okay, let's bossing over. Okay, here we go. Here comes bossing over. Trick Trick stories with Trey. Go. All right, so we get to Detroit, and we're out, and and they're like, yo, we're going to go to Smack Ass, which is a strip club. So when we go to a strip club, they tell us to go to this one, and it's in 11th Mile. Now, you go, you, everybody always knows 8th Mile. When you go to 11th Mile, it's hood, hood, like hole-in-the-wall Smack Ass strip club. We go in, and they give us our section. It's me and, like, a couple, uh, like, player right and I, it was they get the hookah so we're in the strip club strippers come they send the best girls and you look to the far right and guess who it is trick trick i said that's trick trick i've heard about him how do you he know run this city I, I like i knew hmm? who trick trick was i never knew what he I looked knew, like i see i only knew about trick trick because of the rap shit just because eminem okay. and oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah that shit but like, but heard, you knew what he looked like though that was my yeah, thing. yeah, I knew what he looked like, but I heard stories. And every certain city you go to, there's an offer of protection, right? You go yes. to LA, you got you. You go right. to Houston, you got Jay Prince. You know what yes. I mean? So I already knew what time it was. And at that time, uh, said he would he got some boys to handle. So that's when I put the um. They got into it because he said wasn't good enough for the league. <laughs> and got mad and was like, yeah, I got some niggas in Detroit that'll fuck you up. Nervous at the particular time. I said, don't trip. Yeah. I said, uh, coming to Compton to smoke with term. I said, he can't come to Compton no more. Right. Because I'm going to have somebody fuck him up. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Off that strip. So when we first got to Detroit, I said, send him a bottle. You don't know who that is, gotcha. but you need to send yeah, him a bottle. Yeah, yeah. So when we sent him a bottle, he came over and introduced himself. And Crazy enough, anytime we went out to that spot, they say that's trick, trick peoples. So they wow. never fucked with us, never tried anything crazy in Detroit. But guess what happened? Added trick, trick to the fucking entourage. So anytime he bring in, he bring in the niggas that that uh, trick, trick was talking about his crew to LA the squad. I went to Delilah. I went to Delilah, and Delilah. all the niggas is sitting there, no. and I said. Nigga, you got Trick Trick on the road for a Laker game? What? Jerv. Nah, Delilah, you niggas is wild. You roll. Deli- first of all, Delilah might be the size of the room I'm sitting in right now. Delilah mm. is not a big place. Mm. They, and they are notoriously stingy at the door. I got into Delilah 
um, the night of the ESPYs, I want to say. And it was like complete like accident. One of the managers just happened to be like, like well, the dude at the door was like, sorry, can't do nothing for you. I'm like, really? And then the manager would come out because somebody else had called him. He looked like, oh, no, he's good. He's good. He's good. And he got me in and he got me a free drink and everything. But Delilah's tough, man. That's a tough spot. Not because it's like they just dicking around at the door. Because it's so small. And Trey, back me up on this. There's no standing room. It's no, all tables no. and, in there. And, and it's no photos. You can't pull your phone out. Mm. Secret society. So the fact that Trick Trick is loud, he's doing what the fuck he wants to do in Delilah. I said, oh, okay. I just went over there. I shook nigga's hand and I kept it moving. I kept it moving. And this is when we were doing True Who Pods and I came on and I was... Cause I forgot what Wendy said. Wendy, uh, Windhorse said something about him, and I was oh. like, "Yo, <laughs> I just seen him with Trick yeah. Trick." If we go, if you ever go back and listen to the episodes, I was talking about that. But yes, he was running with them Didn't niggas know. for a long time. Yep, because of that know, intro. Man. That's crazy. Yeah, when I was a kid. Shit, cereal was breakfast almost every damn day. I'm talking about five to six times a week. Cereal was for breakfast. Even when I grew up, I went to college, I was eating cereal for breakfast and for dinner. That's how crazy about cereal I was. I remember my parents used to bring home, sometimes my dad would get the wrong box, the one that was unsweetened, like the regular ass cornflakes or Rice Krispies. And I used to take literally a jar of sugar and just shovel it on top and then pour the milk on there and mix it all up. And at the end, you get this sludge, the sugary sludge. After you're done with cereal, you just sucked it all up and, and was high off sugar for a whole goddamn day. But, you know, as you get older, you realize that's not right, man. You can't have all this sugar. It's not good for you. But guess what? What if I told you I got a cereal that'll take you back to your childhood that's got all that sweet goodness that you remember and you loved and you cherish? Zero grams of sugar. I'm not lying. 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. Low carb and GMO free. It's Magic Spoon, baby. Get you the variety pack. You got four flavors cocoa, fruity, frosted and peanut butter i'm telling you if you remember your childhood toucan sam or whatever the hell his name was it's tastes the same tony the tiger get out of here it tastes the same et reese's looking ass it tastes the same i'm cuckoo for it that weird ass bird that was kind of like a heroin addict it tastes the same but no sugar only 4 grams of carbs only 140 calories 13 to 14 grams of protein what do I tell you guys I tell you very simply go to magicspoon.com slash b-o-m grab the variety pack try today and be sure to use promo code b-o-m at checkout to save $5 off your order Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. Listen to this. I'm going to say it again. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Where in life do you get a guarantee for your happiness? That is what these good people at Magic Spoon are doing. They are that confident that you're going to take a spoonful of this, put it in your mouth, and you're going to be like those people in the commercials. Your eyes are going to get wide open, and you're going to smile, and you're going to look at your significant other across the table and go, oh, oh, you know the look I'm talking about. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash B-O-M and use the code B-O-M to save $5 off Thank you, Magic Spoon. So, my 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 thing with Trick Trick, right? That I'm 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 hoping we get more from him, is because 
Mayman had a $250,000 bail. Two million. Right? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, a, I did I did the percentage. Two hit a two. Yeah, he, did the percentage. Percentage. two yeah. he had to he had to put the two to two fifty down, whatever, yeah. just to get out, yes. right? He yeah. has Eminem getting out. I don't know much about all that, but I know that if you if if your bail is two million, it's gotta be it's pretty about, crazy, right? It's about, yeah, no, it's a first degree murder. Yeah, they had I feel on, like there's a lot more murder. there. I feel like there's a lot but, more there we need to be getting for trick trick. No, but but though, that's, that's an amazing story when he's talking about like meeting Eminem and be like, yeah, this thing da da da. And the next day, like, Where, where's that white boy at? He's like, oh, he went to LA, like to meet with Dre. He's like, what the fuck is Dre going to do with this nigga? And then he said, like, he heard and the then song. He said, like, oh, I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like that's why I love trick trick because like his stories. Everybody else, if you notice. All their stories about how I was the baddest nigga ever, and this shit happened. Yeah, he ain't. He happen. ain't even get. He ain't even incriminated himself. He yeah. on the point of just being a good storyteller. He talking about when he went to yeah. prison, and he said that shit was a birdcage. He said that nigga was like, "There's a door, and then there's another door, and then another door, and then there's another door, and then inside that shit, it's a birdcage with mad niggas in there." I was like, well, "The way he said that shit, <laughs> like you said, Trey, that's a storyteller right there." That's a yeah. nigga, like, honest to God, man. Uh, the five people, I got a lot of respect for everybody, and they're all very interesting in their own right. But if you told me, I mean, you had one of these motherfuckers you could pick, have one night, y'all go get drinks, and just listen to that nigga talk. Trick took by far, man. And I think I, I'm more kind of enamored because I wouldn't have thought that shit going through. So I don't fuck with Trick Trick, but I honestly would probably be sitting with uh, Haitian Jack. Just because I'm more curious about I'm, the yeah, whole. I don't trust. Like, you know what's funny? <laughs> I don't trust Asian Jack. I don't trust Asian Jack. That nigga might, <laughs> might rob me at the end. No. Like, that nigga oh, might rob man. me at the end. Of See, you didn't, you didn't put that part. You didn't put that part in. Okay, now I got to think about it. Okay, yeah. So Trick Trick might be the nigga that we actually. <laughs> like, Trick Trick, I feel like you're going to tell he, the story. He might not be mad, way. bro. We might drink a six pack of Miller Lights fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you could, you could get folded with Trick Trick. I mean, listen, with any one of these individuals, trust me, you say the you wrong thing, Friday, it could, go, it could go left really, really bad. But like Trick Trick, you could, he comes off as the dude that you could literally just ha- sit back and have a good time. And you should keep your head on the swivel, but sure. you are all right. Hey, you're Shin doing Jack, that with all these people. I'm, no. Hey, Shin Jack, I'm sitting with my, you know, no disrespect. I'm sitting with my, with, I'm facing the door. Haitian <laughs> Jack, Haitian Jack, and this is what, this is how I feel like Haitian Jack. I feel like he would tell me a great story, and at the punchline of the story is that nigga you just got robbed. <laughs> like you yes. know, what I'm saying like like yes. the whole point of the story, as entertaining as it is, is so that they're gonna rob my ass, right? That's trick trick. I feel like would just tell me a great story, man. As long as I don't do nothing disrespectful, I feel like he wouldn't he wouldn't take it there. And I feel like you know. Big U and Bimmy and all them, them too, but they just their storytelling ain't quite up to par with Trick Trick, man. By the way, so, Big U, shout out to Big U. I did not know that him and Harry O served time together. Served time together. Shout out to Harry O too. He's home now. Yeah, shout out to Donald Trump for that one. Who, who would have saw that? I, I mean, hey, shit. Bill at the house too, uh, Kodak. You know what I'm saying? The niggas yeah, is at no. the crib. Who put that word in, by the way? Who said, I have hey, no man, idea, but but actually, but actually o. bringing Harry O home. Listen, Harry O been in jail since I was a little kid, but I've been hearing about Harry O for the longest. Oh, so Harry the o fact that he's home since before Death Row started, right? That yes. Been- so, so the idea that you know you thinking about Harry O being at the crib, I'll give him about a year before he starts showing his face again and what he got planned. Cause he's one of the smartest niggas ever, bro. That's what he Who said. That's what, what Big U said. That's what Big O said. Big U said. Big, Big U said. Big uh, o is funny. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. Shout out to Oscar Robinson. Like I, I feel like Big U. I feel like Big U would like. I just feel like he's so serious. Like I like I would just be afraid that like not afraid, but I I would be worried that damn if I say one thing, this man could literally just be like yo. Oh, by the way, speaking of based on hands up, how about Big U, Doughboy from Boys in the Hood is based on yeah. Big U? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm yeah. like, what? These That's dope that they shot that on the uh on, on, on that the, block. And, yeah, 
Yeah, on the block, man. That's See, I, like, I, I like little stuff like that, man. Me too. Like, Me too. I mean, there's a certain genre of of things that I like to know about. And unfortunately, it seems to be all based on the drugs and, 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 and crime and things like that from like the 80s and 90s. But I really, really appreciate that time, like knowing everything about that time, because it was us like that's. I'm the we're the little kids that are growing up and we're seeing the 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 crazy chains and and the uh the, the whatever the six hundreds back to back or whatever the case may be in your respected hoods, you know what I mean? And it, I think Fab's line was it was uh drug dealing was cool, it was the 90s, don't worry, you had to be there or something like that. Like it's not cool, but as kids, like yeah, it was cool. Well, look, 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 speaking of cool, man, let, let me transition here to the other thing that we watched this week, which is the Patrice O'Neill documentary on Comedy Central. It's called Killing is Easy. Now, like... That shit was kind of sad, bro. It was sad, because I'm gonna say this. I like Patrice O'Neill. I was a fan of his. Obviously, on the roast, he was funny. I remember Elephant in the Room. I remember him on Last Comic Standing, which I'm kind of surprised they didn't mention at all. Um, because he played the asshole on that show. Uh, so like, and obviously all the little cameos and stuff I'd seen other than the office, I'd seen him in all these shows. So I knew who Patrice O'Neill was. My friend is Andrew Schultz. Andrew Schultz constantly for years has said the greatest comic of all time is Patrice O'Neill. And like, like in my mind, I was like, yeah, cause he does the asshole comedy and Schultz likes the asshole comedy. Right. Schultz, they have the same kind of style in that way. But I'm like, is he just paying respects to someone who's not with us no more? It's like, does he really think he's better than Pryor or um, Eddie Murphy or Chappelle or Chris Rock or uh, uh, Lenny Bruce or uh, what's my man, um, George Carlin? Is he better than them guys? And now after watching that documentary, I, I have a greater understanding because... They always talk about this shit. They talk about shit in rap all the time. Your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. And like when I saw the number of people coming out and talking about him in that way, and also pointing out this nigga was dying to have a documentary about his life. You know, like kind of like little jokes like that. Yeah. Like, or, or what, what my man says, he's like, yo, no one else is going to say this shit because he dead, so you go say nice shit. That nigga was like, oh, it's mm -hmm. Donnell Rawlings. That nigga was an asshole. Yeah. Now, he was a funny asshole. He was a likable asshole. He was a charismatic asshole. But make no mistake, that nigga was an asshole, right? And so this documentary for me really like helped me understand, oh, that's why them niggas loved him so much. Uh, but at the same time, much like what we were talking about earlier with Bimmy, just the idea of yeah, man, like shit is hard, like like you can't literally be the realest nigga in the room because at some point that shit won't serve you. Yeah, it reminded me of uh fucking keeping it real goes wrong type shit. You know what I mean? Like to a point of like the nigga just really didn't give a fuck. Like the fact that he on set on the office and just really just like, yo, I can't stand these niggas. You know what I'm saying? Or just being in any particular situation and not really just fucking with it, bro. And like, and it was like, you know, ideally when you, when you think about any of the things, it's just like, what, you know what I mean? To, it's just sad because he didn't care about the money and he wasn't about to sell out to get the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was so talented and so like brutally honest. And that's what you had to love about him because you know, he gave cold, hard truth. And I, I said it the other day, like, nigga, I like my fucking, um, my comedy uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And and that's what it is. Kevin Hart said when he first heard him, he said it was shit that I had to grab my chest. And he's like, shit, yeah. that's shit that normally old people do. But <laughs> I mean, we can go back to the time, I think it was 2018 or 2019, we went to the fucking uh, comedy store and we, wa we got a chance to watch, uh, this was right before Chappelle. Right. Yeah. And somebody said a joke and me and you looked at each other like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> but it was so bad and great that it was oh, like, yeah. damn, you don't get comedy like that no more where you like kind of cringe with it. Like, damn, I can't right. believe they said that shit. 
That's yo, that's, that's was, real talk, man. That was to me, those are my favorite. That's why that's why I like beyond Andrew being my friend, that's why I like Andrew's fucking comedy. Cause the nigga pushes that shit to a place where it's just like, even when I'm on the podcast, I you know it's a funny thing. I'm on their podcast and they fuck with me constantly. Like on some disrespectful shit, like, yo, have you ever felt the need to tell Jamel Hill to just shut the fuck up and go make you a sandwich? Like, and I'm like, you know, Jamel's my that's my homegirl. So I'm like, yo, but I also know in the back of my head, like, I know what they're doing. They're going for like the the most uncomfortable place, like which is the idea that like every man at some level must believe he knows more about sports than any woman out here, right? And so I'm laughing, <laughs> but I'm also like worried, like, yo, people are gonna watch this and gonna think I'm fucking co-signing on this shit. Obviously, I'm not. Jamel's a good friend of mine, but also there's a part of me that understands. They're fucking joking. Their job is to tell fucking jokes. It's all funny. And so I understood the point that his stepdaughter was making when she was saying, like, people would ask her, yo, you hear the shit that he's saying? And she's like, yeah, that's his job. He's fucking telling jokes. He's not like, that's not who he is as a person, which I know to a lot of people, especially in this day and age, they don't want to hear that. They, they just want to overreact hear- about everything. Overreact for everything. Yeah. I think that everything is so serious and just, you know, well, I mean, easy to complain about. But Trey, here's the thing. Everyone want to overreact, but then there's like a large majority of the motherfuckers that'll say the joke and then get the overreaction and then they'll come out and like apologize for the apologize. joke. Regret the joke, right? And Patrice and Schultze and there's like a handful of other comics. You tell them that shit, you gas them up a little bit more. That nigga's like, oh, they got mad on this shit. Like he said, like the whole thing with the, he's on stage and he's like, look at this bitch with the serious face right here, here. <laughs> and he takes out the money and he gives back the money for her ticket. He said, go leave. You'll get the money if you walk out of here and don't come back. <laughs> but I hope you have fun somewhere fucking else. That's like crazy. That is crazy. And at the same time, it's fucking brilliant, man. It is brilliant. Trey, I know you stepped away. I, I just talked about the story about Patrice uh, taking out the money and giving it to the, the woman who wasn't laughing. Say, here. I'm oh, yeah, he's sick. But I mean, that's some that's a that's a mean move, though. That you would 100% that, do that, that is a at a live that show and would literally be like, yo, you don't like this here. How much did you pay for the ticket here and take it and make sure and bro, blah, 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 and send them about their you, way. And I would tell you right like, now. I don't, I, well, as much as I'd love to be the one to do that shit, there would be an internal fear for me. Like, what if a bunch of these niggas stand up and say they don't like this shit either? I ask me, do I like this show? And if, if, if I wasn't laughing okay. and asking how much I paid, I'm not telling you the real price. I didn't pay face value, bro. Look at you, sick. I like to think that Amin it thinks he's hated that much, but it's a lot of motherfuckers that love you, bro. That really will tap in uh, just for you. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm constantly terrified that everybody hates and everybody's just waiting for me to fuck up. Like that's the shit. Like when the niggas was talking about like when he died and all these people were like, uh da, da, da. and I was like, mm-hmm. yo, I actually know what it was. It was when Rush Limbaugh died. Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. died, and I saw so many people like line up to shit on that motherfucker. And not that he didn't deserve to be shit on. But that's the first time in my life I ever thought about like, damn, you mean when I die, they're just gonna they're gonna line up the shit on me? Damn, man. I mean, hey, bro, would you rather have it that way, or did you have everybody say you was a nice guy when it's not true? I don't want I don't like well, I don't want that either. I, I'd rather like nobody remember me when I die. Like, oh shit, I mean yeah, just fuck. And then like, you got me. you got like that uh and I'm not saying I don't, I'm by no means am I comparing you to Floyd Mayweather by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like there's two, two fucking, no, I'm making that clear. I'm not comparing you to Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Let's make that clear. But there's two types of hate. There's a Floyd Mayweather hate where it's like people hate you, but they can't help but to tune in. Like they're hate fuels. And then there's the Adrian Broner hate where like motherfuckers just really hate him. Like they just don't like him. That right? nigga like, fighting again? He's still fighting. He just, he's still fighting. He, he's, mm-hmm. 
Listen, man. Yes. Get that get that chicken, man. It's money out here to be made, bro. But I'm gonna like, tell you yeah. right now, man. No, no, I'm gonna tell you like the only thing I was Live your truth, life. man. Word to Patrice O'Neill, dog. Yeah, I'm gonna try, you know. Now he's, he's, a little, you, he's a little too wild. He a little too wild for you, Jerry. You, you ain't see you, you ain't see his post-fight interview. Broner no, or, I'm talking or about I'm, oh I'm talking about Patrice O'Neill. Oh no, I fuck with Patrice, dog. I, I like I'm I, just saying I said I said live your truth though. You know what I'm saying? If you feel, Patrice I just think wild, if people are more honest, I think if more people, if people were more honest, it's less judgment, bro. Yo, Patrice once had a bit about like TSA. They didn't have it in this document, but he had a bit where he talked about the TSA. And he said, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about all TSA agents are perverts, but you telling me out of all the airports in this country, <laughs> Yeah. There ain't at least one TSA agent who gets off on that shit or filling a nigga up. <laughs> and ever since that, like, I, I said, you've been dead 10 years? For 10 years, every time I go to the airport, I'd be looking at the TSA agents. <laughs> I go, doo, doo, doo. oh, hold on, we got to patch you down. Like, here we go, that's nigga right here. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, man. All right, Yo, the double, the, the, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm XL had me crying, too. He's like, I'm not a representation of the, you know, I'm not the leader of the fat people. Oh, the fat people. He's sick, man. He's yeah. sick, bro. And he was like, I like the idea that he didn't stick with that same joke and ride it out. He just never wanted to be remembered by one joke. Um, and I liked how he bullied Kevin Hart. Like, Yo, basically built the skin. Said, you know what I mean? Kevin Hart said, like, he got up on stage and there's five people and he said the jokes wasn't hitting and then he hears in the background. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that, be the that grunt was crazy. That the most deflating shit in the world to hear a nigga go, ugh. And, then, and that nigga was the doorman. That's the funny thing. I didn't know that shit, too. Yeah, oh, wait, niggas do follow by, by phone, book phone books. Niggas threw a phone book at him and said, call somebody, bro, because this ain't this ain't for you. Anybody. Sick. Anybody in this phone book right here. Now look at fucking Kevin Hart, dog. That's like, crazy. The, if you got if you got a type of person like that to push you and just kind of motivate you, because I mean, like Patricia Neal's telling you the harsh truth and scaring your ass but, off the. Off but the, but uh, here's stage. the crazy thing: Colin Quinn, Dennis Leary, Kevin Hart, Bill Burr, like uh, Craig Robinson, like these are all people. Fuck, even Jim Norton, man, has 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 had some shit pop off for him, movie roles, all et cetera, et cetera. All motherfuckers that was around this dude all the time. Yeah. And and like they all blew up, and he he really didn't. The other thing was the whole I never knew that uh, the Colin Quinn show. What's it called? Tough talk, not tough talk. It's called uh, oh tough talk, uh, tough crowd, tough crowd. It was all based on that bullshit ass like <laughs> bullshit post uh, show. Post fucking, comedy show, uh, yeah, little banter that they would do. The banter, yeah. yeah. The motherfuckers made a show out of that shit. Like I thought it was actually like a show about politics, and we're gonna have comedians talk about it. I didn't realize. No, it's these niggas used to hang out together, and that's where we're at with this shit. So that was that was dope to find out. By the way, apparently Snoop was the one that got Harry O out. Shout out to Uncle Snoop. Yeah, shit. And is he ever gonna stop wearing that doggy style jacket? No, nope, no, like, no. I, every Snoop he, appearance I've he seen, wears any, he wears any, he wears anything that that has himself on it. No, but no, no, but, but hold on. Over the last like eight months, every single public appearance he's made has been wearing that jacket. It could be summertime, it could be wintertime, it could be snow on the ground, it could be like ninety nine degrees. That nigga's wearing that jacket no matter what. Shout out to six, Uncle Snoop. Six. It's a dope jacket, though. Shout out to Uncle Snoop. Shout out to Snoop, Snoop Dogg's Snoop. my favorite uncle, man. Uh, Trey, I know you got to run. One last thing before you do, because uh, it slipped into the chat right before we... Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, Word. never mind. Well, let's end it right here, then. That's that's a nice, solid ending. Four. <laughs> like, wow. This the Bossa Nova is so toxic, I literally just had to end the show. We can't even put music over it for risk of some shit going wrong. For Black Trey, for Big Jerv, for Rob Lopez on the one and twos, this has been Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. Peace out.
Rob. Yo, I mean, what's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget to name a couple of things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the Stereo app. That's right. Go to Stereo.com slash Darth Amin and make sure you are linked and subscribe to us and we're going to talk about all of the different things that I always forget about. This is a great app. Every time you guys are listening to this pod, you say, oh, I wish I could chime in, but you're listening to our pod. You can never chime in. It's pre-recorded. Guess what? With Stereo, you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and our, yours truly all at the Count the Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We're going to do this regularly, multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo. Download the app. Subscribe, follow Darth the Mean, follow Talk Hoops, follow Trayvon, follow Big Waz, all of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the Stereo app. You will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit, as we are frequently. And, of course, catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love. Again, that is the Stereo app. And you can follow me, Stereo.com slash Darth Amin. You can look up everybody else by their handles. Their handles are all the same as what we have on social media. You can join us multiple times a week. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live.